Hey, everybody, as we're getting ready to record next week's episode, my phone's kind of going off. Rush Limbaugh has passed away. This will be old news to you when you finally hear this because it doesn't get released for another week. I just want to wish him safe travels for wherever he's headed. And as I've come down hard on him since the inception of our show, it was Rush's years of deception and and his character that led me to question his diagnosis. I stand behind every word and every question I have ever asked on this show, on my social media accounts, in terms of Rush or any other right-wing media host or radio person. I stand behind every word. On that note, rest in peace, Mr. Limbaugh. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the East West Grind Podcast. This is episode one five of our show. Thanks so very much for being here and for listening. I'm super proud of us getting this far and fucking A. It is hard work putting this show together. It is amazing what one can do when they chase their own interests. I highly recommend it when the time is right for you. Chasing oneself. We're playing Tina Turner today. Because Proud Mary, Tina Turner, minus Ike, was nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this past week. And well-deserved, I might add. Tina Turner's a legend. An icon. Enjoy. How's everyone doing? We're the same over here. We're, we're safe. We're semi-sane. COVID-free. Today we got some emails on deck to talk about. And I'm, I'm not sure what else. We'll see as we get into it. But the emails are piling up and backlogged. Because, you know, life and such. So let's jump in and see how it all ends today. It'll be a surprise to all of us. So buckle your seatbelts and let's go. What's up, guys? Let's jump right into some emails out front. We got Archibald in Yorktown, Virginia. What's up, Arch? Archibald writes us here at The Grind and says, Christina. My name is Christine, sir. But Archibald says, in one of your hysterical lady rants, what the fuck is a lady rant? Arch, I'm going to call you Arch, okay? Archie says, you questioned if Rush Limbaugh truly had cancer. Yes, I did, sir. How could you think that way? The Lord will punish you. Well, I don't know about all that, Archie. But how could I think that way, you ask? How could I not, sir? 
I'll close up my comments about Rush Limbaugh with reiterating my wishes for his safe travels. But I, I'm also reiterating Rush spent his, you know, years, his entire career, and even his last years spreading lies and name calling and conspiracy theories. There's no need to go into it. History's written as it played out. But just last week, he accused AOC of overplaying the PTSD she suffered due to a sexual assault that she endured. Rush has used his platform to stir up conspiracies, one of which led to the Capitol riots. That is facts of history. I listened to his content. And now to answer your question, Archie. Yes, I think it's fair to question, to have questioned, Rush's diagnosis. Character matters to me and like to everybody. So that is why I questioned it. Thank you for your email out there in Virginia. Your state looks beautiful, Archie. Patricia in Dallas, Texas. Hey, East West. The shaman laid out and is fighting for children's safety. It's not right that he be kept quiet. The shaman laid out and is fighting for children's safety. It's not right that he be kept quiet. Okay. Hey, Patricia in Texas. Every decent person in the world wants all children to be safe. Most are called parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, sisters, relatives, friends. And those people are everywhere. Come on. But check this out. Just first, I'll see you in 60 seconds. So keep fighting. Don't stop talking. Get out there. Protest. Be save the children or save our children rallies. These Child Lives Matter rallies. Keep them up. Okay, because the longer we keep this up, the more the word gets out and the more our children will be saved from these globalists. Okay, they are, they're, all their stuff is hidden in plain sight. Check this out. At Arrowhead Mall here in, in Arizona, this symbol is their chosen symbol at Arrowhead Mall. Okay, what the fuck, Arrowhead? Why are you using pedophile code in your symbolism? Okay, and it's because, I think, because... This symbol says that Arrowhead Mall is a safe haven for certain people with certain tastes, in particular boy love. Okay, that's what this symbol means, according to the FBI. That's not just me talking out my rear end here. Okay, so this symbol being the symbol that uh, Arrowhead Mall is using by their bathrooms should be a concern to everybody. And if we begin to look for this type of symbolism, or if we begin to look for things like... um, certain code words like pasta or pizza and if the pizza sign has like devil horns or something like that that's something to watch out for okay if patricia that's our brother of love the shaman talking about keeping an eye out for devil's horns as a sign of boy love and pedophilia miss patricia the fucking guy is wearing horns on his head one and two, we'll put the video clip and timestamp of where that video starts, which is seven minutes, 20 seconds in. But look at the sign. That symbol that supposedly represents that Arrowhead Mall welcomes pedophiles. Go look at the symbol. I'll wait. 
final answer? What is the symbol? That symbol actually has been the universal symbol for restroom since I can remember. It means here's the restroom. Go use it. And look at that symbol he's drawn within that triangle bathroom system uh, symbol, like a six-year-old. But look at that symbol and then go look at your Google Drive. That symbol is also where most people today store and create documents or presentations in their Google Drive. Look at the symbols, Patricia. The shaman does not appear to be playing with a full deck, ma'am. And as a parent who raised kids in the 90s, it's very seldom, and I never see it nowadays, but it's seldom that you see parents let their children go into a public, public bathroom by themselves. Moms and dads take their kids to use the public restroom. It's just crazy talk what the shaman is saying, ma'am. Thank you for the email and thank you for listening to our show. Buddy Jr. in Arkansas says, Hey, thank you for making my Wednesdays in the garage fun for myself and the other wrenchmen. Buddy, thank you so much for this email. Some emails just make my day. This is one of them. Sounds like you're a mechanic, wrenchman, wrench, cars, mechanic, maybe, I don't know, HVAC, I don't know. But it sounds like you're a mechanic of some sort. Thanks for all you do to keep our cars and equipment running, my man. Thank you. Send us your address and a shirt size, and we'll get some... Yeah, we'll send you some EWG gear out there in Arkansas. Thanks for being here, sir. Thank you for listening. Thank you to your co-workers for enjoying our show as well. And I guarantee you, my friend, we're going to keep pushing the envelope. We're going to keep sharing the knowledge that we learn. Thanks again for being here. Have a great shift, my man. Shout out to Cherie for introducing me to this song several years back. It's one of my favorites. All right, let's jump into talk radio and podcasts. Steve Bannon's in the hopper today. Steve, Kentucky Bourbon Bannon and Sidebar. David from Nevada wrote me a few weeks ago and said, you cuss a lot and call people motherfucker too. How would you like it if someone called you a bitch? What's up, David in Nevada? We're leaving in like 10 minutes right after recording this episode to spend a few days in Lake Tahoe. I love it there. We're looking forward to it. So, uh, But David, was it? You misspelled fucker, my man. Fucker is F-U-C-K-E-R, not F-U-C-K-E-E-R. I'm not giving you shit for misspelling the word, sir. I misspell shit all the time. I'm just saying. You spilled out the whole thing, motherfucker. So see, you say it and spell it too. Why are you coming at me for writing and saying it? Don't be like that. When I go to a country club black tie event, 
I'll clean up my language. But everyday people cuss. Don't try and act like you don't, okay? That's one, my man. And two, I could care less what anyone calls me. Trust me, I hear it all the time on social media, and I get the emails. I've been called worse by better. I chuckle at that shit. And I lose no sleep over what others call me or think of me. Try it. It's very freeing. So let's get back to Steve Bannon on the episode we got today of War Room Pandemic. Bannon told his listener this. His listeners, he told his listeners this. (laughs) Make sure that you're getting, you got to get the newsletter. We've got all the polls from the show. We've got uh, inside baseball about the show. You get show notes. You get it all. So make sure you join up. Everything's free. Just go log on. Um, And we need you as a force multiplier. Push out the content. And I love the comments today from the the show. Look, we won on November 3rd a nationwide sweep, okay? We almost took the House against all odds. We held the Senate. We won at the state legislature level. We won at the county supervisor level. We're a red – we're a MAGA nation. Okay, don't let them beat you down with the psychological warfare and information warfare. It's not going to work, and I'm going to be very specific. No, fool. That is not true. Why are you lying to your listeners? You don't hold the Senate, and you didn't almost take the House. You picked up some House seats, but you lost the House. You lost the Senate, and you lost the executive motherfucking branch, man. That is fact. Talk about psychological warfare. This fool, Bannon, with the pardon for robbing the American people for the border wall scam. But Bannon has some 20 plus million listeners and he's on for like two hours a day poisoning the minds of other Americans for a buck. But Steve Bannon was priming his listeners for combat for months, years. Talk about mind fuckery or psychological warfare. You can watch Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic online and be playing war-style video games throughout the whole two or three hours, whatever it is. And he's narrating. That's psychology right there. Bannon and them use their followers as fronts or minions. Bannon was the one telling his listeners, priming them to believe that this was their Spartacus moment. Because he's the one that's been using those words for months. And side note real quick, all of the East-West Grind listeners are already hip to what these crooks have been doing because we've been sending red flags about the far-right grift of the American people since day one of this podcast. And the right people have listened because it's national news now. Hashtag marketing. February 12th, 2021, the New York Times. How right-wing radio stoked anger before the Capitol siege. And it's all the usual suspects that we warn our East-West grind listeners of in our 2020 uh, and 2021 episodes. We're like, uh, they're lying to you. Remember, we were like, Call that, must, call that messed up cousin or friend and tell them not to go down there. It ain't going to turn out. I think that was episode 10 or something before. 
Now the national news, eight weeks later, has caught up. I feel vindicated. I'm happy the flashlight is on it now, though. Those guys all need to be held accountable for the part and the role that they played. But back to Bannon priming his listeners with the Spartacus shit. In those crowds on January 6th, a lot were dressed like they were in the movie 300. Where do you think they got that idea? Yeah, that was Bannon. Then, of course, Bannon left them all, all the ones who actually went to the Capitol and acted like fools, but he left them out to dry. Like I said last week, any one of my listeners all over the world, but especially my listeners in this beautiful United States of a motherfucking America, but if... After January 6th, you went back to the right-wing podcasters and talk radio that got you into that shit, that sold you that lemon. And after what we've been talking about over the past 13 weeks of this East-West Grind show, but if you went back, you're in what's equivalent to a domestic violence relationship. Steve Bannon our newly deceased Rush, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, they all just said to their listeners after the 6th, because they all played a part in spreading the lie, but they all said to their listeners, after the smoke is starting to clear and everyone on the ground is paying the piper for their part in that day, see, it's always the worker bees that take the shit. The millionaires and billionaires sat at home watching on TV while their listeners were running, ruining their lives at the rich people's behest. But all those right-wing pussies just said to their followers, what is it, baby? I didn't tell you to go down there and break the windows now, did I? No, I didn't. I just told you to go down there and act crazy. Now go on and handle your legal shit, and I'll be here. I'll be waiting for you when you get out. I love you, baby. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. And please don't send those emails like, oh, you must have been in a domestic violence relationship because you know so much about it. No, I wasn't. I read, though, statistics, formula, patterns, profiles for fun to bring facts and accurate information to our show, which, in fact, we do. We bring facts and accuracy and side note, again, hey, my, uh, my MAGA listeners, old and new, this is a reminder from episode four or five, but Steve Bannon, since he's on deck this week, took your information collected through Cambridge Analytics, which was his company and which is now dissolved, and for good reason, The Great Hack on Netflix. Check it out, The Great Hack. Hack. You can also search FBI 
public documents on Cambridge Analytica. But Bannon sold America's Americans' personal information to Russia. This guy talks about showing receipts all day long on his show. We've got the receipts. We've got this. We've got that. We've got the receipts. Those are receipts. Check out the FBI. Mr. Bannon, you're a businessman, not a patriot, sir. Steve Bannon is no friend to poor or working class people, white people. He's using the poorest of the white working class. He may look like, dress like, sound like his target audience, the forgotten man, in quotes. That's what they're labeled. That's just how he's branded himself to appeal to that specific demographic. That demographic that came out in 2016 and have been running amok for four or five years. The forgotten man. But he don't know you, poor white MAGA loyalists. He don't know you. You can't party with him on his yacht. This piece of shit went to Harvard. He flies all over the world on private jets. He ain't forgotten nothing, no way. He's one of the elite that he complains to you about. Then you complain to everybody else about. But he knows you feel like you've been forgotten. It's marketing and branding. Send me five or ten bucks because I'm fighting for the deplorables and the Walmart people. Don't do it. Steve Bannon is about as valuable to the working class as this con man right here. The collapse is coming. Doomsday clock for global market crash strikes one minute to midnight. You hear that, John? Bible says you're going to throw gold and silver in the streets. Tomorrow, could, we could look back and say yesterday was the last day to order and get prepared. This offer comes with 22 buckets plus a bonus of six additional buckets for a total of 28 buckets. I want to show you something. All this food is for a gift of $2,500. Eight years of bulk food. This is the. This is what you should be doing. Wow. John, you come up. Uh, you're the rights preacher. You told me to do this. We got, Look, at they got shovels. By the way, get a shovel. These are foldable shovels. That's Jim Baker. Remember Jim and Tammy Faye from the 70s and 80s? Jim went to prison for embezzling millions from his flock, his parishioners. I remember when he had to go to prison, he was crying in court because he was scared. Tammy Faye died of some sort of cancer way back. Jim's got a new wife and a new scam. Where the fuck is someone supposed to store 28 five-gallon buckets with powdered food inside just sitting there while, you know, until Jesus returns? In the garage, in the closet, where? All for the low, low price of 2000 of your SSI dollars. How do people fall for this shit? I don't fucking get it. Okay, let's circle back to a bit more of uh, Steve Bannon. War, Steve Bannon's war room pandemic. Joe Biden, instead of playing video games up there at Camp David, should have been focusing on the second front that's opened up. Ladies and gentlemen... California is in play. California is in play. I never thought I'd say those words. I left, I left California 10 years ago, or, right? 
California is in play for 2022. This is more false hope. Steve Bannon is feeding his listeners. Check this out. This is exit poll, exit poll readings. This is how people actually voted, broken down. No guesses. These are voter statistics. Joe Biden carried California by 63.5% of the vote and by a margin of 29% over Trump. Joe Biden actually flipped two rural counties in California, Butte County and Inyo County. That's heading towards the Sierra, uh, the Sierra Nevada. But that's heavily cons- that's a heavily conservative area. There are, I think, 58 counties or districts in California and only 12 of those counties swing conservative. There is no fucking way in hell California is in play or at risk of becoming a Republican-led state. No fucking way. Why are you lying to your listeners and giving them false hope again, Mr. Bannon? Let's keep going. I want to bring in now Tom Del Bacaro, He's former uh, GOP chairman. Uh, former Senate candidate, the guy that in the debate, in the poll, in the debate, the, the overnight poll, on uh, he ran against Kamala Harris, beat her in, in the overnight poll, and beat her on the debate stage. It wasn't even close. Should have given her a standing eight count. But Tom is heading up Rescue California, and this thing looked like a fantasy a couple of weeks ago. Gavin Newsom's going to be recalled. This was the golden boy. This was the golden child. He was going to be the nominee in 2024. Hold on a second. Here's that debate courtesy of the Sacramento Bee, the one between Kamala Harris and Tom Del Becerro. 1.25 guys, see you in a minute. But as far as being careful, I think that it's incumbent on the Attorney General to step aside in the Planned Parenthood investigation. She should not be cheerleading for Planned Parenthood on her website at the same time. That she but we must understand the key to reducing gun violence is the key to... Re- is reducing crime. And with all due respect to the Attorney General, I don't think you can support sanctuary cities. I think she should have prosecuted the police murderer with a capital offense. And I do believe that her back on track program has frankly gone off the tracks. We must He's hit me it. twice, though. I want to point I, that I, out. I hear that let me just say, I am a proud time. supporter of a woman's right to choose. Okay. That was the last hit. <laughs> I was just told that they got you 30. Go ahead. You've got a full response. Uh, and so let's, let's deal with that. That came up a while ago. And then let's just say this. Um, the reality of it is that we need to have criminal justice policy in this country that understands that we have been far too reactive. Uh, I created in the California Department of Justice, which is the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, second only to the United States Department of Justice, a division we named the Division on Recidivism, Reduction, and Reentry, which is a model for this country on okay. what we should do to focus on former offenders with getting them jobs okay. and counseling so they will not reoffend. That's you. a smart on crime approach. We need more of that. Okay. And we- if Tom Del Becerro, who nobody knows, killed Harris in votes or in debate, why is she the VP? And he's running around the state of California trying to recall an overwhelmingly popular governor. Steve Bannon, in that previous clip, just told his listeners that Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled. I will bet you... One billion, gajillion, fifillion, shabadoo, million, shabadoo, 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 shab
but I'm willing to bet that fulfillion, fulfillion dollars. And I'm willing to bet that this is another lie and rabbit hole Steve Bannon is taking his listeners on. As we talked about earlier, people have to vote Newsom out. There's a process for you. First, you get the signatures needed for the recall. Then there's a verification process to make sure the signatures are, in fact, real and valid. If that threshold is not met before the March deadline, it's dead in the water. If they meet that threshold by the deadline date, it then goes to a special election vote to vote him out of his seat. A bunch of signatures ain't enough to throw a governor out. The signatures just get you another shot at electing him or someone else. Gavin Newsom is popular with the majority of the state. If we have to go, if we have to vote again, I guarantee the majority will say no to recall. But I don't even think we'll get that far, like as the vote. I'd be shocked if we did. Another Steve Bannon con, my friends. All right, let's um, let's move into some gossip. Some gossip. I put some time into learning about the fairness doctrine recently. That's what all the news and radio broadcast systems operate under to filter to us, the consumer, information. My understanding, and I'll put some you know some good detailed layman's term YouTube breakdowns on the fairness doctrine by this philosopher, Dr. Uh, Stephen Hicks. There's like, you know, a one or two part. Watch it or don't. I know life is busy. I'm going to give you my analysis. And if, if it's wrong, I'll hear about it. Right, Ryan? And side note, Ryan in Colorado, Facebook messaged me. He's like, hey. And he sends me like a Wikipedia article about the politics of Illinois because He's like, hey, on your show the other day, you said the politics of Illinois is Republican. It's actually an overall Democratic state. Great, I say, with some initial pushback because that's mine and Ryan's relationship, always pushing back on each other, talking shit to each other. He's the guy that's like, you know, oh, now you were wrong about Illinois. Now everything you ever said to your listeners is like a travesty that's being a little dramatic, but that's how I see him, like a little kid. But I'm like, oh, okay, is that right? And this I didn't tell him yesterday through Messenger because I wanted to save it for this, the show. And I know he listens. So I'm telling you right now, my man, kudos. Why kudos, Ryan? Because when Ryan and I started back and forth, maybe it was a year ago, maybe less, but he's like, he's like this, he's in his like late thirties or something. So he's older, but he's sending me articles that are equivalent to 
to like the National Enquirer, but like a new technology version, technology version of it, like something released online or something. But now, and again, just over the, just over the past political, uh, with his sources, over the past few, I guess, weeks with his political stuff, he's been sending me credible information. Wikipedia, that's the article he sent me, Wikipedia is a huge step up from sending me like Chanel Rayon as news or some sort of like Uncle Sam's misguided children article. Who the fuck are these guys? Who are they? And why are you listening to them? But this guy, who I've been politically fighting with for almost a year, and some days it's like for half the day, he's learned how to bring credible sources. And by doing so, he's learning some stuff along the way and in the process. Why do I say that? Because the guy who proudly sent me a picture of himself at a Trump rally, staunch Trump dude, MAGA dude, is now trying to convince me that he was all along an independent and he was just playing around. To all the investors listening, to all the potential sponsors listening, to my haters, and to more importantly, to the politicians, this is how it's done. Okay, back to the fairness doctrine. Watch the links. Don't watch the links that are connected. Bobby Brown, whatever. It's your prerogative. But this is my understanding of the fairness doctrine. It's regulations. This is a nutshell version, but it requires some sort of ethical standards for radio and TV in what they put out on their airways, their content. If you work for a corporation like Walmart, all the way up to like the Netflix, and Netflix is one of the biggest corporations in the world, right? It's in like 180 countries. But in America, the Walmart employee and the Netflix employee have to behave under the same ethical behaviors and standards required in the workforce. It's the law. It's a law that corporations don't want to get caught up in. Everybody, everybody with a job knows this. So you sign on and agree to not cheat at your job. No shortcuts. No stealing. Treat people equal. Do you think that's fair for everybody across the board? Every company, big or small, mom and pop, do you think that's fair? Do you think it's fair that your employer has those rules for everyone? If you think, yes, that's fair, guess what? Those rules are laws set by our government that you follow, that we all follow. That's democracy. That is ethical behavior. The expectations are there. The expectations are there for businesses and employees and employers. Human beings are making the errors and getting caught up in it. If you're on the other end of, you know, not ethical behavior, like you don't agree with it, I'd ask why. Why would one oppose? How do you, how do you want to be able to act around other people? If we have to act ethical at Walmart and have to act ethical 
at Netflix. Shouldn't we have to act ethical on radio and TV? And especially when people are reporting something small like the news. Bazinga, that was a joke. But I say, hell fucking yes. They, the radio and the news, should have to tell us the truth. Ground zero is the truth. Then you argue up from there. Right? So circling back, my understanding of the fairness doctrine is it's a law, is ethical behavior. And Reagan rolled it back or took it away, and that made way for the Foxes, for the Rushes, for the Steve Bannons, all the usual subjects, which led to this. Across the park, a man in a soon-to-be infamous set of horns. Jake Angeli is the QAnon shaman. At what point in your life did you stop listening to the mainstream narrative? When I realized that doing my own research brought me more information than listening to the news ever could. Mm. Once I stopped allowing the news to make up my mind or my narrative for me, I grew exponentially, not just politically, but spiritually, intellectually, and physically. You know, because, I mean, I was actually able to take the information that I was absorbing and apply it to my activist routine. Why'd Reagan roll that back? What purpose does it serve but to allow anybody with crazy ideas to then get their crazy ideas out to larger groups of people, to other people with no ramifications for making other people believe the same crazy shit? Why do you roll that back? This is my argument for why we need ethical standards in radio and TV again. Wherever networks or hosts, the shaman, whoever he was consuming, most of his information has led him to the level you just heard him speak. Ten Bucks Bannon is on the top three of his listening pleasures. And to any politician who follows and or listens to me, we need the Fairness Doctrine Revisited. Start from truth, then argue up, because that was close. This past election cycle, that was close prior to Biden. That shit was close. Okay, Bill Maher has been, uh, he's been on back in for a couple weeks now. 98% of the shit he talks is on point. The Q thing, for example, Bill Maher warned his viewers and the politician that this Q trash could potentially get out of hand. He said this like two, three, four years ago after 2016 with the whole pizza shit. And he'd bring it up from time to time as a warning. Now look at us. We got Q congressmen and Q congresswomen. But Bill had this guy on a few, a few weeks ago. His name is Camille Foster. He has a podcast called The Fifth Column. But listen to this two-minute clip from Real Time with Bill Maher, okay? Chuck Woolery, two and two. This pivot towards equity, racial equity, and a focus disproportionately on outcomes is something that is rather new but seems to have taken the country by storm. It's it's almost the only thing people can talk about. Equity meaning as opposed to equality. Equity as opposed to equality. Which, can you... I can give you a practical example of that. Yes. COVID, we were just talking about a moment ago. We know that the most vulnerable population when it comes to COVID are 
older people, that if I took people over the age of 55, sure. that's 80% of the deaths. There have been actual conversations about prioritizing people on the basis of their race because COVID is said to disproportionately impact black people relative to white people. It is a ridiculous proposition, but it's a proposition that's found its way into the mouths of governors here in California, the, the pages of the New York Times. We're actively Why talking about this kind though? of ridiculous because we actually know when we look at the global impact of COVID in the United States, again, 80% of the people who are dying are older Around 18% of the people who are dying are black. A life lost to COVID is a life that matters. And we can well, focus on the people who are vulnerable without making this about race. Making it about race only obscures the actual issue. If and you, it's separate, to help, if be you separate race from economic insecurity, sure, right? Like, like Hispanics are hospitalized at three, four times the rate as, of white people for a variety of reasons. For a variety of They're essential workers. Right. They're riding the bus from Boyle like, like Heights here, to Beverly like Hills. The important point is that it's not fundamentally about race. You can't un-Hispanic them. There may be different issues in their communities. It could be that they live in, well, in homes with more people. It could be that they live in more urban centers. If that's the case, the policy you're tailoring is for people in urban centers, not Latinos. This is a confusion of categories that is actually distracting us from forging good policy. What you get is great sound bites. You right. don't actually fix problems. It always Camille Foster sounds to me like he's saying, let's stop acting like white people are not poor and let's get assistance to everybody, whether it's COVID relief or any other relief to help improve one's quality of life wherever they may live. But I think what he's saying is, Let's get the assistance to everybody, no matter their color. Poor black communities may be in the projects of states. Poor Hispanic communities may be in rural farming communities. Because as much as I hear people complaining about Hispanics, who is in the fields picking up fruits and picking up vegetables at like 4 a.m. before the heat gets going, it is vastly, vastly the Hispanic community. They live and raise their families close to those rural farming communities to which they work. Makes sense, right? But poor white people, you can find on public assistance and in trailer parks or homeless too. These issues run the gamut in communities of all race. Go look. These are statistics. But I think what Camille is saying is people are people. Let's help them because they are people and not because of their ethnicity. That's how we stop making things about race. People are people. Put the resources into the communities, then everyone gets an opportunity. That's equality. And if that's what he's saying, I agree with your vision, Camille. And to Bill and other dudes' point... The Washington Post, this is not opinion. These are reported violations, which means neglect. But, quote, the Department of Housing and Urban, Urban Development for years neglected to enforce its own environmental regulations, resulting in lead poisoning in at least one public housing development. This is what Bill is trying to say. This reporting is in Chicago. That is where the projects are. Statistically, that is where a large part of the lower income African-American communities are. 
and where the Hispanic communities are, remember, remember for one second, this show. From Television City in Hollywood. Remember that show? That was happening back then, and it is still happening today, down there in Chicago. James and Florida's struggle? That wasn't just a sitcom. Guess what? Not only is it poverty, still, now there's lead in the water. So back to Bill's point. Even in the poorest of the white community, that would be the trailer parks, no disrespect. But trailer park residents are a predominantly white class of society. Even those white people get clean pipes. And that's just water. That's just water. Clean water they get above. Everybody should have clean pipes and water, my man. If we can agree on that, clean pipes and clean water... The next question is, who's going to pay for it? California, the fifth largest economy in the world. Well, we pick up the the clean pipe initiative across the country, and everyone gets clean pipes, clean water pipes across the country, courtesy of the West Coast liberals. I have no authority to actually do that. I'm just speaking in hypothetical. But if, if all the states learn from each other and help each other where their, you know, their state might maybe failing below the national level in something. We all live in this country together. Let's just help the states out each other's state. I don't, I mean, that just seems like a no brainer to me. Are we doing that? It doesn't seem like it. I mean, I'd like to travel. Tra- I'd like to travel this country. My father drives this country daily, but I'd like to travel it. And not run into an asshole. So it's, we all got to work together here. Come on, politicians, get your shit together and work for your communities rather than against them. All right, guys, I'm out. I got to get out of here and into the kitchen. I got some Brussels sprouts to saute, lots of garlic pinch of salt and pepper, olive oil, and then we'll add some bell peppers and shrimp towards the end of the cooking process. Bam! There's dinner. Stay safe out there, my friends. Thanks so very much for all your supportive emails and the hater emails, too. You shit talkers. That's where I get my drive from. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of the East West Grind Podcast. 
Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. I got your back. Peace. Like this and that, you're gonna have to leave.